Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. Is your quality management system performing the way that you want it to? Are you still just focused on it being a checkbox activity or are you ready to elevate to being a true quality professional? I mean, folks, we spend so much time putting together our quality management system. It should help us better run our business. And that's why I'm thrilled about this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. With me on this episode is Larry Mager. Larry is with U-L-E-H-S, sustainability. And he shares with us a little bit about this tool that he has perfected over decades of experience called the Quality System Performance Assessment. So enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host, the founder and VP of Quality and Regulatory at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And Folks, you know, we, we've talked a lot about different challenges and things that we're faced with in the medical device industry. We're always trying to improve uh, our practices and, and make sure that we're on the right path with our quality system, with our regulatory strategies and that sort of thing. Sometimes we get stuck, you know, and, and some, some of those areas that we get stuck, to, stuck in is, you know, are we ready for audits? Are we ready for the FDA? Are we ready for, for ISO? And yeah, of course, those are important things to consider, but there's probably an intermediate step that we can do internally to make sure we are ready. And joining me today on the Global Medical Device Podcast is Larry Mager. Larry is the Senior Advisor for ULEHS Sustainability. So Larry, welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Thank you, John. Well, Larry, I know you and I have talked quite a bit uh, about things that companies can do and should do and and being proactive and that sort of thing. But, but you mentioned something to me the other day that was really interesting and, and I was intrigued and I thought, you know, uh, if I'm intrigued, I'm sure our listening audience is as well. Aud- and you said audit or assessment. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, what, what does that mean? What's the difference? So maybe you can just take kind of from a 30,000 foot view, just give us a bit of an overview of what you mean by audit versus an assessment. And then uh, you know, we can dive into some of the details today if that's okay. Absolutely, yes, and I, uh, I think I, I think I need to start by stepping back just a little bit and talk about the foundation of why I'm talking about more than an audit and this thing that we call the performance assessment, and it's it's really more designed to provide an understanding of um, the operational quality of a quality system. Um, so it's it's built upon three uh, foundational tenets. The first is really that. The stakeholders, whether they're regulatory stakeholders or business stakeholders, they require that the quality system is compliant to the regulation or standards that the company must adhere to. So nothing new there. Uh, But the second is really that the processes within the quality system must be actually effective at obtaining the results that are expected of them. And and while you might say that's a given, I don't think that's always something people think about when they're auditing. And the third is that the business stakeholders actually have an expectation that those processes are efficient in operational execution because we're in business. So I think um, that's important to understand first and foremost. And then as I, as I step out from that, I just, the, the three parts of what an assessment is then would be an audit for the compliance to regulatory requirements or standards, an appraisal of 
the management system in order to understand the effectiveness and efficiency. And finally, the analysis of the data, because the truth is in the data. So that would be a high-level view okay. of what I call a performance assessment. All right. So, folks, uh, performance assessment, you know, let's just recap. You know, it's, there's a few different layers to this. I mean, historically, our minds seem to have been wrapped around audit, audit, audit. And there, audit is certainly a component of that, but there's a couple of different pieces of this that, that um, we're going to explore a little bit with Larry today. And, and Larry, it's probably good for our audience. I mean, I, I made the, the huge assumption that, you know, people know who Larry Mager is, partly because I know who Larry Mager is, but take a moment and, and tell the listeners a little bit about your background. I know you've worked with some, some big companies, some small companies, so you've been around the block a time or two, and not to put the age on you, but, but you know what you're doing. So tell, tell us all a little bit about your background. Well, I have, I have about 30 years in the life sciences industry. Uh, started out as an engineer, uh, working as an engineer in a, in a fairly significant medical device company. Went to the West Coast and worked in the startup environment. Um, I've been the fourth person in companies, the 12th person in companies, developed quality systems for those companies. I have patents for cardiovascular products as a result of working in that environment. Um, I've worked back in larger companies where I was involved in, uh, in executive roles, involved in uh, quality system remediation. And I think the last, probably it's fair to say the last oh, 12 to 15 years of my career have been primarily focused on an understanding of how best to transform a quality system. Well, and I think that last piece is really, or the last point is really important because I think, you know, my experience is, you know, and I've, you and I have I've had the pleasure of, of crossing paths a time or two throughout my career. And, and uh, it always seems like Larry's the guy that comes in t- to get it right, you know? Uh, so that's, that's my uh, take on my experience in working with you. But that last piece is important. I, I think companies, in my experience, they, they have often a view that a quality management system is there because it has to be, not because it's there to help them. And it sounds like you've had some similar types of experiences. Yeah, actually, a lot of times when companies are in trouble, that is that is exactly the reason. They don't look at their quality system as the thing that helps them operationally, and they don't actually look at it as um, something that needs to be assessed from a perspective of the quality of that system itself. And, and they typically um, throw resources at it when it's in trouble, but not necessarily use it to make the performance of the organization better. Yeah, and, and um, I've been a part of companies that are just getting started. And it seems like, you know, they're, they're trying to check the box on the quality system side of things, not that they're really spending enough time, effort, and energy to design uh, an approach that makes sense from their business perspective. You know, they're trying to check that box. Like you have been involved on that other side where it's, it's not too late, but uh, a lot of damage is already done. And, and, you know, whether it be from an FDA uh, investigation or from an ISO audit, now we're in a, a remediation effort and that's not fun. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what, companies can do to stay on top of things. And, and you talked about, there's kind of a, a few different parts uh, as, as part of the performance assessment. You talked about the audit piece, the, the appraisal piece, and, and the analysis piece. So let's dive into a little bit from an audit piece. Are we, are we talking about an audit in a traditional sense, like an ISO audit, an FDA inspection, or internal audits? Maybe expand a little bit about that. Sure. <clears throat> the the audit is actually more in the traditional sense, where the auditor's focus will be on uh, the identification and verification of the policies and processes and procedures that the organization has developed to satisfy the regulatory requirements and standards that the company is supposed to adhere to. Um, but the regulation and standards, they really only detail 
what it is that should be done. They don't necessarily detail how to do it, although there is some information there, but they're primarily about what a company is supposed to do. So for that reason, compliance audits tend to only be used to confirm the conformance to the required regulation and standards. So they're, they're not, they don't go beyond compliance from that, for, for that reason. Yeah. But I mean, at this at this point in time, I mean, to, for your model, the performance assessment that, that you're, you've shared a little bit uh, about, we're, you know, we're obviously going to talk a little bit more about that. But I don't have to wait for uh, my next ISO audit or my next FDA inspection. I can initiate this this audit activity internally, you know, maybe in in sync with my internal audit schedule, or maybe you know, if I'm really have an interest in in improving my quality system, to realize that it's more than just a checkbox activity, more than just a compliance activity. That this is something that can help me and my business. I can initiate this audit cycle on my own. So maybe you know, give a tip or two what what a company might be able to do to, to kind of start the ball rolling on on improving their overall uh, approach to quality management systems. Right. Well, so so yes, it it then begins with that audit for an understanding of that compliance, but then really taking a look at how the management system is structured so that the quality system can run. Um, so really an appraisal, and I, I like to stay away from the word auditing when I talk about everything beyond compliance. An appraisal is focused on the management then of the quality system. And the goal is to understand the effectiveness of the results obtained uh, really through the execution of the management of the processes within that system. Um, so while the compliance audit is focused on what should be done, the appraisal of the management of the system focuses on how they do it. And that's that's a big difference. Yeah, my um, assumptions. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just, I was, I was just going to share, uh, just, just share a story. This goes back quite a few years, but um, you know, it, um, hopefully will help connect some dots to those listening about about the difference, I was being pulled into, this is right when I was starting my consulting practice, uh, probably a dozen or so years ago, and I was doing some work or being asked to do some work on the quality system side with a, with a startup company. And there had been a lot of work that had been done on the quality system before my involvement. And I, w- I was you know, looking through all the procedures, I was comparing it against 1345, against you know, FDA 20, and I'm like, what well, this, you know, essentially I was doing an audit of sorts. I was essentially saying, yes, this is uh, a quality system that seems to be compliant. And then I remember the first day that I was on site at the company and you know, I was looking for, uh, the, I guess, the proof. The, I was doing an appraisal of sorts to say, okay, have the resources at this company, the people who are following these processes and procedures, uh, do they have the proof, the documentation, the objective evidence, you know, the mindset to show that, that this is working for them? And lo and behold, I found out that most of the people I talked to had no idea that there was even a quality system. <laughs> and that was like, uh-oh, big, big disconnect. And, and I'm sure that never happens, right? Right. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the assumption is out there that if we simply create uh, a, a system and follow the procedures, that it'll produce the desired result. But the problem is a lot of times these, these systems are created and they're, they're not known or they're not followed. So the answer is just because you have a quality system doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. And, and that's really where, where we have to start to focus is making sure that the quality system works. And, and to that, so the output of that system is dependent on both the design of the system and on the management of the system produced to produce the results. So it, it has to be built well and it has to be run well. I mean, and I think so many people get like, like they, you know, they, they don't want, I've heard a lot of things where people don't want the FDA in their business, you know, telling them how to do things and, or, you know, you know, they, they accept that there needs to be a quality system, but, but it's, they also have this mindset that, you know, that's, that's that, that quality and regulatory thing. This is how I'm running my business and I'm going to do it over here. Um, but designed properly, a, a quality system should accomplish both, right? 
it, absolutely. It, it's you know, if you think about um, any anything you do in life, uh, whether it's brushing your teeth or um, you know anything at work, it's it's all process, right? <clears throat> so if you think of a system, a quality system, as a system of processes, and and they're you know they they're supposed to work together to create some output, which would be quality product, as an example. And but in and of themselves, each process might not accomplish that. So what you're really looking for is to make sure that the system is integrated and and, and aligned in terms of sequence and interaction with defined inputs and outputs between the processes, right, to properly function and perform within that system, each process perform within that system as intended. And that's, you know, the, the system level. And then when you get to the process level, there's an expected outcome that each process within that system should be defined and measured in terms of effectiveness and efficiency. I mean, that's what we would expect of a process in our personal lives. That's what we should expect of a process we, we execute in our professional lives as well. Yeah, I mean... I'm a big fan of, of people that have talked to me about quality systems. I'm a big fan of, I use the term right-sizing my quality system. Um, you know, I see a, in my position, I see some good things and I see some, some not so good things as far as uh, implementation of quality systems. And I, I know, you know, we could share war stories all, all day, I'm sure, Larry. But, um, um, you know, I've seen companies that they, well, kind of at two extremes, you know, they, they have very little as far as defined processes, you know, they're, uh, you know, maybe they have processes, uh, but but it's very disconnected and it's not defined. So it's very very informal at best. And then I've also seen kind of the other extreme where you got this smaller company who has implemented processes that were designed for a very large company, and in both cases it doesn't work. You know, so so what do you do? I mean, how do you appraise uh, what what works and what doesn't work? I mean, I know the audit is a feeder into that. Um, but obviously, there's there's a little bit more magic to, than just an audit to, to help you appraise the success of a quality system. Yeah, the, the appraisal aspect, there is actually a, a formal process, a structure that uh, we have that, that I believe is really good. And it actually takes, uh, and it, I won't be able to get into the detail in this call, but it takes five integrated components that define what a company, you know, what should be integrated, and 17 key principles around those components. And it, and it does so across three objectives, three primary objectives that the company should, should have. Um, and then you apply that, the, that, that concept to the uh, processes at the functional level. And then with that information, we're able to aggregate it to all levels of the organization so we can get a complete understanding of the quality management system from a perspective of management control. And it's a nice, it's a nice process because it's repeatable, it's scorable, it's not subjective. So it's a really, a really good appraisal process to look at a quality system holistically. And folks, again, I'm, I'm talking to Larry Mager. Larry is a senior advisor with ULEHS Sustainability, and we'll be sure to provide his contact information uh, to accompany this podcast. But you can reach out to him at larry.mager, M-A-G-E-R, at ul.com to learn more about the performance assessment that he's speaking to us about today. And so, so far, we've talked a little bit about the audit side of things, and, and we just spent a little bit of time talking about the appraisal side of things. But now that I've got these five integrated components that I've compared against the, the key principles and the uh, across you know, the, the few primary objectives, you know, then what happens? I'm, you know, I think, you know, now are we ready for that next step in your performance assessment? Well, actually we are. And, and data has become so important. I mean, that's what everybody is, is understanding now that, that you have to start taking um, good care of, of how you gather and use your data. The FDA in particular is very focused on using data to come in and, and better understand organizations. Um, so the idea would be that we want to gather data 
to, again, look at the quality of the output of those quality system processes and do it in a consistent manner. So we actually gather data that, that is around the compliance to requirements. And this isn't just the verification that the components exist. Uh, there's two parts to compliance, and this primarily looks at the adherence as well. Uh, so while an audit looks at the, the requirements um, being verified that they exist within the organization, the data should be able to show uh, to a degree the uh, compliance, the adherence aspect. The, the other thing, though, if you have a process and you're measuring it, you, you know what that you want out of that process. So you should be able to, and we have a method where we, we can help organizations understand how to measure each process within a quality system for effectiveness of required results. And then finally, because we're business, we need to uh, be efficient. So we also have to be able to measure the efficiency of operational execution. So the the data is collected in that way to understand the quality system from the perspective of being compliant, effective, efficient. The second part of data is around the quality of the product that the organization produces. And certainly the FDA, this is the data that they use. They walk in with what they have, which is the, the they're armed with the data from the MOD database. So a MOD analysis of post-market effectiveness and being able to understand that, but more importantly, being able to understand that from an industry benchmark perspective against competitive products. And that's that's the other part of the data analysis that we'll perform. So there's kind of two things. I mean, there's the effectiveness of your quality systems, and that kind of looks at the, the process side of things. And then the the product piece is also important. I mean, and you mentioned FDA MOD. For those of you that may not be familiar, uh, the MOD, and it's an acronym, and I'm going to confess, I can't remember what, what all the letters stand for, but basically this is the FDA database where adverse events, MDR type of things are reported and you know FDA has has a record of that so that's uh, in some respects a measure of at least things that aren't going so well with products that are in the field um, so talk a little bit about that benchmarking side of things I mean are you looking at benchmarking from both a product side and the, uh, a QMS uh, process side no the QMS process side is is really measured um, in terms of percent effective and percent efficiency and and without it, it's it's, we're not able right now to be able to benchmark without collaborating with other organizations. The, the, the MOD data, however, is reported, and uh, the, the FDA is able to align uh, 510K product families or competitive products, and, and they can understand if your product is behaving differently than, than the rest of the market. So while they look at it in terms of malfunction, injury, and death, if your product is not in alignment in any one regard, in other words, it's, it's outperforming or underperforming, uh, the field in terms of, say, malfunction. The FDA is going to want to know, why is that? Why does your product malfunction more than similar products in the market? And there are many examples that can be used, but more importantly, in recent times, and I'm talking about in just the last year, year and a half, the FDA actually walks in the door with that information and chooses those products against which to perform and pull the threads of a quality system investigation. So it's very important to understand what the post-market data is telling the world about your product. And then if you can understand that from that perspective, then you know what in essence is critical to quality, which products you need to focus on the most and which aspects of those products or how they're failing you need to focus on. For sure. And I think that the the really, the thing that I just picked up on that is, is I think, and I've talked to a lot of companies, it seems like uh, in recent week or so, I've, I've talked to a lot of companies who um, said, "Hey, FDA is coming. FDA is coming," and I think it's important if you know, if you're gonna, ha even if you don't have an FDA inspection on the books, 
you got to know when when you are subjected to audits of of various kinds, and I'm sure we can expect this from an ISO perspective, especially with some of the programs that are in place now with MDSAP and things of that nature, that the the auditors and FDA investigators, you know, the internet is a powerful thing, and they're going to come with uh, all sorts of data and information about your product, but also your competitor product. And this is the one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is, is you may have a competitor who has a product that has problems in the marketplace. And that may, in fact, be a reason for FDA to show up to your door. It may not have anything to do with you. And I think that some people are real naive about that. That's right. And to put it in another light, so think of the, uh, the guidance that the FDA put out at the end of December, the 27th of December of 2017, and that was enforcement guidance. And if you, if you read that and, and just step back and look at it, it basically, it's called benefit risk. What they say is, if we have to take enforcement action, what we want to know first and foremost is how did that quality system affect the product in the market? And what they want from companies or for companies to be able to tell them what's the benefit risk. So in other words, you have to understand how your product fails post-market relative to the risk system and the benefit, right? And then they, they're going to want to know what are the controls you have in place to mitigate that from occurring in the market. But regardless of what the FDA does, isn't that really what we all have a responsibility for? And we're, we're in this we business do. to help patients. We are. And I, and I remind people of that all the time, Larry, and, and you're spot on. I mean, we, we need to be aware of what's happening, you know, and, and certainly, you know, in our own world is important. And we shouldn't just be waiting on um, the, the bad stuff to happen. We shouldn't be waiting on the adverse events, on the complaints. We should be proactive. And, you know, and I know you're a huge fan of Kappa, and that, that might be a, another topic for a different podcast, uh, you know, things that people can do. Um, but, you know, kind of wrapping things up a bit on the performance assessment side of things, now that we've done the audit and the appraisal and the analysis, I mean, now what? I mean, I'm guessing that, that there's some sort of summary or some sort of action plan that we can now take to, to improve the situation. Yeah, we, we basically take the information from, from the compliance audit, from, <clears throat> from the appraisal of the management system and the analysis of the data. And we actually are able to pull it in and, and, and process it through um, some software that we have that then is able to push that back out into a, a really nice form of a performance report. So we can actually give an organization a, a really good picture of those things that are, are of high concern uh, from every one of those perspectives. What that does is it, it enables an organization to, to properly plan for improvement activity, to risk rank and prioritize and then make an, a nice plan to go forward and target the things that are going to be the most uh, impactful in terms of improving the quality of the organization. Right. You know, folks, as, as Larry has talked about this, uh, it, it, is, it has reminded me of, of some things that I've seen in, in practice that, frankly, you know, we should be doing anyway as medical device companies. You know, remember, we are developing products for patients. And so we want to make sure that, that the processes that we have in place to design, develop, manufacture those products uh, are as robust and thorough and complete and efficient as possible. And we want to make sure that our, our product performance is, is there as well. And you know, this is truly the, the whole idea behind a quality management system. You know, this is taking it way beyond just focusing on the compliance and shifting your mindset from just checking a box to becoming a true quality professional. And I'm going to thank uh, Larry in, in talking to us a bit today. Again, this is high level, but about you know, his approach of doing a performance assessment. Larry, any parting words that, that you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up this episode of the podcast? 
I, I think you summed it up quite well. We, we're in an ultra-competitive business environment and a very unforgiving regulatory environment in the life sciences industry these days. And organizations just don't have the time, money, resources, energy to support inefficient, ineffective, or non-value-added activities. So we, we have to have a good way to understand the quality of our uh, quality system and how it impacts the operations and a good way to, to go after improvement activity. Larry, that's well said. Folks, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's been there. He's been in your shoes. He's you know works with companies uh, large and small, and and his focus with UL EHS sustainability is all about making sure that your quality management system is designed in a way that helps you be a better business to develop and deliver safer, more effective products. So I would encourage you to reach out to Larry Mager, my guest on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast, and. Before we wrap things up, you know, that's another area where we at Greenlight, we strive and excel is that we've built a QMS software platform to help companies better manage this data, this information, your processes, your procedures in a way that is in a single source of truth and a platform that's designed specifically for the medical device industry. So if you're interested in learning more about the Greenlight Guru software platform, I would highly encourage you to go to www.greenlight.guru and request more information from our website. Larry, thank you once again for being my guest on the Global Medical Device Podcast. Thank you for having me, John.